This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. G'day and welcome to Fearlessly Failing. First things first, Boss and I have got a little bit of news. We are moving from Talks, Torquay, on the surf coast of Victoria, to Byron Bay this week. So we'll keep you posted in the upcoming apps, but we are super pumped and so excited to build our little home in Byron Bay. Today's guest. Well, I'm going to put it out there and say that this is the most requested guest we have had on the show thus far. Drum roll, please. Emmy Lou. She is unstoppable and unapologetically herself. We're talking TV host, self-made as well, might I say, like build her own following on socials. She produces everything she does. She writes everything she does. She's got no filter. Uh, She's really worked hard starting in community television and now she's got a Christmas special coming out on Network 10 on the 13th of December. I've got that one in my diary because I love Christmas and I think her recipe is going to be unreal. Uh, Emmy Lou shares her life and and some stuff from back in the past that was a bit tougher too. She's got no filter at all. She's a breath of fresh air. I hope that you love Emmy Lou McCarthy as much as I do. Emmy Lou, I am so pumped to have you here. <laughs> Dude, you are the most requested guest on this podcast. Oh my god. Ever. <laughs> and you've interviewed me twice, so we're actually switching <laughs> shoes today. Is that yeah. the same? And I remember being so nervous the first time I had to interview you in front of Happy Happy Place, your smoothie bar. Mate, and I remember I had been at yoga. I remember I'd been at yoga. I was getting changed at yoga upstairs at that little hut, and I was getting changed. I was like, "But shit, I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna be late." Run, you! I remember you greeted me with the biggest booming smile. (laughs) And anyway, I want to talk more. We've got plenty of memories. Let's get on to you, producer, writer, TV host, author. Training as an actor, as am I. Yeah, uh, that's a loose term. <laughs> let's let's uh... just enjoy it. Go with yeah, it. Yeah, that's a hobby. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. Exactly. You never know. Um, I have also been watching all your behind the scenes of your Christmas special, which is coming out on the thirteenth of December. Yeah, the thirteenth of December on Channel Ten. Very excited about that. And I'm obsessing over you wore these gold shoes on the first day of the shoot, and I was like, <laughs> yes. "Oh my!" You style yourself fully, don't you? Uh, yeah. So all the wardrobe is styled by me. Yeah, because you've actually done training in that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I did do that just when I it was just coming out of you know mat leave and having the yeah. three babies. You know, I, I started work at Gorman just yeah. as a a retail assistant and oh, I think it was only two two shifts three shifts I'm like I have to do a styling course just I just wanted to feel really confident in helping people in the ward in the you know the try on rooms yeah. and the changing rooms and so I went into that which then sparked my love of presenting again yeah didn't you like like finish your 
styling course and then be like, I'm going to hire a videographer and I'm going to pitch and this walk, to Fashion Week. And walk around <laughs> Chadston and, like, pitch this, like, styling video. To, and I had no idea. I'd never presented uh, to camera, never hired a videographer, uh, you know, didn't even realise you needed permits to film and chatty. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, did you just, just, I just walk off the in. cuff? Yeah, I Yeah, I just walked that. in, walked into one of the stores and said, hey, do you mind if we just film a little bit here? I'm just going to grab a couple of things off the rack and talk about the dresses. And, yeah. you know, obviously retail staff were really lovely and didn't yeah. think anything of it. It was quite fun. Looking back, I think, oh, God, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> you so you have been such a dream to research because your life is so colourful and if I go all the way back and go over all your past and everything, we could spend four hours here because you've had, you moved out of home at 14. Yeah. Western Australian girl, is yeah. that right? Yeah. Uh, last time you and I caught up in real life, mm-hmm. uh, which was in Torquay in between the two different lockdowns, you yeah. were like, yeah, man, I skydived for... <laughs> And you did your full salt so you could solo jump? Yeah, yeah. So I did my um, AFF. I think that's what it's called. It's been so long since I've done accelerated free fall course. So, yeah, so you go and you do like three days of um, like in the classroom. You do that. Then you go out and you actually, um, you know, work for a day just in a harness on the ground and then you go up and you do your jump. You're not solo for those first few. You've got two instructors holding on to you, but Mm -hmm. you do have your own shoot. So you're pulling your own shoot. You're landing yourself. It is the fucking scary thing yeah, ever because uh, you are obviously you've got your instructors there to pull the shoot for you um, but you do have to land on your own and obviously you get to take once that parachute opens there is this deafening silence in the air and you realize yes it's totally solely up to you mm-hmm. but there's also the elements you know turbulence and things like that that can collapse your shoot and things like that and it really it was such a I even get goosebumps now it's been so long since I've um jumped but yeah then I went on to jump for ages after that and in the nudie I've jumped so many times yeah. in the nude it's ridiculous <laughs> I love a bit. Of, it's I don't know. It's fun. Some people do ten ways, which is where you jump with ten other yes, people and stuff. Yeah. But for milestones, so for my hundredth birthday, it was in a pink g-string with a crop top, but I had a hundred written on my on my chest. And so that's so your hundredth jump. That was my hundredth, yeah. and I flashed like you know as I was about to jump out, <laughs> flash my hundred hundred. But you got to remember, like twenty three years old, like I just yeah. I was a very free girl, yeah, loving yeah, it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and but you know what's so funny about that is I was in the pink G string, and there were there were those G strings you buy from um, like. <laughs> Are we let it? Is this a mate? Go no. for gold. You're so amazing. They, they were G strings that you buy from like a sex shop. Yeah. So they clip on the sides yeah. for easy yeah. undoing. Access. Anyway, so because I was jumping and, you know, so, so much velocity, I, I sticky taped my, my sides oh, of my beautiful pink G string just so they wouldn't fly off yeah. in, in the air. But then, I mean, 100 jumps, you're still very much a novice. Mm-hmm. And I've obviously, I was super excited. Uh, 100 jump, exhilarated from doing it pretty much nude, all that kind of stuff, I actually landed um, downwind. So that means that I'm landing with the wind, which is not what you're meant to do. You're meant to land the opposite way. Uh, Landing was never one of my strong points. And so I landed downwind on gravel and just completely carved my whole butt because I landed on my butt. Gravel. Oh, (laughs) But then we uh, we had a pool. The drop zone that I was at was York in uh, WA, York skydiving. I mean, what's well, the skydiving drop zone in York? And so I'd come in with my parachute, I popped it down, I took my alternator off, and then um, I gr- got grabbed by all the skydivers and they threw me into the pool and pied me in the yeah. face. So then it was just a matter of like gravel rash in the cold pool, shaving cream <laughs> pie in my face. Singing and eyes. I was like, this is really. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was so, so good, but not as glamorous as when you say skydiving new. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally, totally. Thank you for like making that a very graphic but amazing picture. <laughs> Do you know one question I have about skydiving? I've skydived once and I feel like when you land, and I did it with a mate, and when we both landed you get this like jack up, not to get all nutritiony of like dopamine and serotonin in your brain. Mm. And I kind of had a crush on this best friend for ages even though I knew I didn't like him, but it was because we went through this life-changing thing together. And for the next two weeks while we had those real high dopamine levels, we were like, can we just hang out? And we just wanted to hang out and be near each other just because we'd been – because. You feel like you can conquer anything. And I tell people, people go, oh, you know, what's the scariest thing or the best thing? And I'm like skydiving and I swam with whale sharks. They're mm. the two things I would – because it makes you realise and it puts things into perspective. We're pretty little yeah. in the scheme of life. Exactly. And that's actually – it's funny because that – that camaraderie you felt with your friend, that's what it's like in the drop zone as well. Yeah. So, you know, you're skydiving with your mates at first, maybe they're not your mates as well, and you're skydiving with them and um, you're hanging out with them all day. You're going up and down yeah. in planes. And and so you do You have that beautiful community and and it's it's something that you when you first give up skydiving uh it's something that you you miss a mm. lot or you know like for me um a tragedy happened where yeah. a friend of mine died while we were skydiving and I continued to skydive but it rocked our whole community and you could you could see it you could feel it it was broken because we were just you know, it's something that we love to do and you know and I slowly pulled away not from the people but just from the sport because mm. I eventually just felt scared I didn't and I had to come to terms with like I this scares me now I don't want to do it anymore and I had to be okay with that but there was a lot of years there where I felt a huge um sense of loneliness because it was all of a sudden gone the sport and the community yeah and I've heard you speak about that tragedy before Mm. and I was the first time I heard you speak about it I was listening and I was like it's that story that when you think of skydiving, your brain automatically goes there as like a protection mechanism mm. anyway. And mm. to hear you, can you share a little bit about that day? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, our friend Claire, she was celebrating her 200th jump. So like I said, with my 100th, I was naked. Yeah. For my 200th, I actually jumped over Melbourne. It's called a display jump. So I got to jump over, there's a photo on my fridge, I'll show you later, yeah. um, jump over the city. Beautiful. And I'd never actually, I'd been in the city for, been in Melbourne for about seven days. So yeah. I knew no <laughs> landmarks at all. And I remember just jumping and now I realise that's the Westgate that yeah, <laughs> peak hour traffic, and I had to land uh, where the zoo is. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 Melbourne you know, Zoo, yeah. Um, Royal Park, Royal Park around yeah. there. And I'm just looking for that smoke flare. Like yeah. I'm like, where the fuck is the smoke? Um, and so that was my 200. And so Claire's was to jump in a 10 way. So we were all jumping yeah. with her. Um, and yeah, it just you know it, with skydiving, there's always a few things that tend to go wrong. It's not just one thing. So it wasn't just Claire didn't open her chute or whatever. It, you know, there was a malfunction with her chute. We had. Uh, drifted apart, like yeah. the whole crew had drifted apart and broken the sky, the 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 formation. Is that just because of the like the times you're falling yeah, down? Yeah, so I was falling too far. So I actually was the first to break the formation. So I wasn't around where all of the other mm-hmm. kind of nine skydivers were. And then, you know, she was giving a kiss to her um her ex-boyfriend Dukes at the time. And, you know, so you know, she probably wasn't as stable maybe when she was jumping. There's quite a few things. And yeah. you know, obviously they do the inquest to find out all of those contributing factors. Um and yeah, and so then her her reserve tangled with her mane and um 
and yeah, and so she landed yeah. a few paddocks away as well, and it was just, um, it was so terrifying because, you know, there's you know there's half of us here saying someone's gone in. There's three people missing. We don't know who it is. Then we hear sirens, you know, and it's it was just unfolding, and it was so, um, I yeah, I it just affected me so much, like so intense. Everyone it didn't just affect me; it affected everybody, you know, um, and her family as well, like her family were in London and they came mm. over and it was just, um, it was probably the first time in my young life at the time, I think I was only 24 or something, that I had experienced tragedy as such. You know, I'd experienced a lot of adversity and I'd experienced a lot of trauma through other experiences in my own personal life, but that was was, was huge, yeah. And I think in your 20s there's this sense of being immortal and mm-hmm. you're like, I've got all this time, I can do whatever I want. So having to face something like that, someone that you know personally and you're there at mm. the time, um, you quickly have to face death very quickly where it's in your mm. face. Mm. And so was it after that that you kind of had your own kind of like depression and Yeah, well I think something like like that really does bring up to the surface that maybe you don't have the tools to deal with maybe things that have happened as a kid yeah. or whatever as well. And like, you know, I was partying a lot too, you know. So if you're partying a lot, you're not taking care of yourself and and something like that happens. It's funny because I was always really physically active and all those sort of things, but you know, if you're going out all yeah. the time, partying, you, you just, you don't have that mental capacity as well. And so from there, yeah, it kind of snowballed because you, we sort of, it was the tragedy and then you partied even more to try and like Escape. help cope with it. Um, and then that's when I tried to take my own life. I probably, I don't even know the timings of it. It was only probably about six months on from that. I tried to take my own life and, you know, was lucky enough to be found, um, in that time. But yeah, and and then again, that is its own own trauma. It's like these little kind of landmarks of of trauma or events, uh, you know, and then from there, it was this slow rebuild back up to to try and work out how to not get to that space again. And there's been moments where I have gotten to back to that point, never to the point where I've gone through with it, but certainly to the point where oh gosh, this is so prevalent in my head, you know. Is that why you're so passionate? I'm passionate about mental health too, Mm. but I feel like you really care about mental health and I freaking love it. I I really care about mental health, but I I really care about um, get talking to those people that are right there in that moment. It, and it's so hard because, you know, you don't want to get on your socials going, hey, if you're feeling suicidal today, I'm here for you. you because you got to remember that that also brings up a bit of a cycle as well. Yeah. I know um, when friends have taken their own life and as uh, soon as, you know, that happens, and I feel that's why media don't report on it a huge amount, mm. is because it creates a bit of a, a snowball effect yeah. within our community. Um, I remember when Robin Williams... Uh, took yes. his own life. That one, it, honestly, and I'm not, you know, I'm a Robin Williams fan and all of that, but, you mm. know, I'm not a fanatical crazy fan, anything like that. I don't know him personally, mm. but holy shit, that knocked me for a six. Mm. And that kind of started me back on a bit of a depressive mm-hmm. cycle. Um, and I, I saw that um, with Aaron, uh, you know, and he doesn't suffer from depression at all, but one of our friends did take their own life, someone he knew and worked with, and I saw it affect him for quite a few months and kind of create a bit of a cycle as well. So 
I don't like to to be too vocal about it in that way. Yeah. But I also, whenever I do talk about it, it's going to be that grassroots level. Hey, if you're there, if you're having that out of body experience. Yes fucking circuit break it like you know break that circuit eat something sweet jump in the ocean you do whatever you can and I'd say in that you can even hear it, it's that panic in my mm. voice because it's that urgency hey I need you to stop that now I need you to to come out of that now come back to yourself you know because that's what it feels like so that is what I'm truly passionate about talking about because I know that feeling and I know if someone is in that point right now they'll hear that They'll, totally. they'll really hear it. And any, I've ha- been going to a therapist for years. I love, I look for, it's my non-negotiable, but they'll mm. often talk about changing the channel, like mm. having something that just takes you out of that. Mm. My history is um, eating disorders, so, mm. and it's you can get triggered by anything, just the way you were yeah. describing. And I think if you've got that thing, and for me it is nature, like mm. you were saying, jump in the ocean, it's so powerful. But yeah. thank you for sharing. I know that that's really confronting to talk about those kind of things. That's but okay. I've heard you very courageously open up before and I was mm. like driving, like got goosebumps, tears yeah. rolling down my face. I feel like what the magic of Emmy Lou, because I've been soaking you up knowing <laughs> we're doing this podcast, I feel like the magic of you is this sense of realness and no filter. Yeah. And what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And do you think that that is because you've been through these traumas? I mean, like to the point, it's it's one point to have it's one thing to have suicidal thoughts. It's another thing to actually you had begun the process of going through with it. And mm-hmm. if that man and his son didn't yeah. find you in your car, yeah. all over Red Rover, you'd yeah. already passed out, right? Yeah. So you've kind of like felt it as mm. viscerally. You were gone. Mm-hmm. See you later, kind of mm. thing. Um, do you think that's what gives you your fearlessness? Because you have come from. I don't want to call it rock bottom, but, you yep. know, where you felt like there was no other option. Yeah. Uh, like I, I I, don't know if that's what it is. I think sometimes that that fearlessness, I've always been someone like that. Do you know what I mean? I've all, like, you know, things weren't right at home so I mm-hmm. left. You know, probably not the best decision as a 14-year-old, but I was like, right, I'm going to go to school. I can work at the chicken shop like part-time yeah. and still go to school and I'm going to move out and I'm going to pay cheap rent because I'm going to, you know, offer to cook for these guys. So I can afford this. And so I always had this sense of fearlessness. You know, I like I remember entering myself into uh, talent shows, like yeah. when I was like eight, nine years yeah. old, and I'd come home and I'd be like, hey, mom, dad, I've entered myself into the talent show at the pub. you got to take me there. you got to take me to Bustleton, which is like 30 minutes away. Uh, you know, there's a, like a whole – Back then there'd be talent shows at the local pubs and you'd have to do the rounds. Like I've entered in, you gotta you gotta take me. Yeah. So I always had this fearlessness. And I do wonder if that fearlessness sort of unfortunately kind of backfired in that state where I was feeling super down and super depressed because I'm like, oh no, I'm just we're done. Like so we just we just go. Cause when I get something in my head, it's like we, we just commit. go now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we commit. It's yeah. like skydiving. It's like oh, I'm gonna learn how to skydive. I remember not um, looking for a tandem jump or anything like that. I was like, oh, I, I need to look in the phone book and learn how to do that. Because, yeah. you know, so it's always like, oh, I've got to just do and that. And wasn't it like not under skydiving and you had to look up? Parachute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, and you know, back then the only, there was, you know, I watched Point Break and Drop Zone like a thousand <gasps> right. times. And and so and then I remember like looking through the, the, the book, like the phone book too, going how the fuck do you find skydiving? And I found it under parachuting. Um, <laughs> Can we just say Point Break, Patrick Swayze? Oh, my God, so You gorgeous. and I both have a passion for movies yeah. too. I could <laughs> talk to you about our favourite movie scores. And- I know. Because you have a hidden talent, don't you? 
Yes, I do. Can you share that with our listeners, please? Yes, yes. So Aaron and I, but see, okay, so Aaron and I have this thing where he will put on a movie and I have to put a cushion over my head. And can I just say that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't ask me to do this. I demand it. So I'm like, don't, don't, don't press that. And I put the push, the cushion over my head. I'm like, okay, press play. And then I listen to it and I, and I get it. And sometimes I can get it within like, seconds and yeah. I'm and I scream every time and he, he goes that was so good babe um <laughs> but I I find that it is a hidden talent but I think it may be only in our household because we obviously know the movies that we watch all the time as well so I wonder if I've always wondered if someone else was to pick the movie would I get it you I know feel I mean? like you would you've got a diverse <laughs> taste in movies I, I always watch what movies I'm like oh, what's she watching I'm like boss my boyfriend I'm like okay this is what we're gonna watch next I week. watch some pretty hardcore movies I love them oh yeah, me I too. love Michael Mann he's my favorite oh. Oh, this is, uh, I could talk, we could talk all yeah. about movies and acting and whatnot. Okay, there is so much stuff I want to talk about. You're the first guest I've had on. I've got my notes here and I'm like, no, Lola, I just want to be in the moment with you. You do whatever you want. Okay, so when you and I met was the dot-com social days, right? Yep. So I also went into Channel 31 and we did a, an interview there as well. Back yes, in oh, the day. At, no, at, um, we went to the Colonial Brewery. That's yeah. you did the, the final four That's Channel 31. Right. Yes. yes. And so was that did is that what became your pie? Like I'm trying to get the pilot so for Emmy Lou Loves. Oh, Emmy Lou Loves. Well, yes. Yeah, so we had a season of dot com social. Yeah. And then the second season came out and we called it Emmy Lou Loves. Got um, it. because we wanted I wanted to have it was still a talk show back then and yes. I wanted to have my brand attached to it because I thought, yeah. well, and so naive back in the day. I was like, what about if like a network picks it up and they take the name and then they can just get any presenter to do it? I'm going to call it Emmy Lou yeah. Loves and that was my thinking. So we had the second season which was Dot Com Social <sighs> again and you were the finale of that. And Peter Hitchener was on. Peter Hitchner was on and we Hitch. moved from Channel 31 Studios. It was still a Channel 31 show but to the RMITV Studios, which is an amazing studios at the uni, like incredible. So we kind of moved up. So each season we moved up and up. And then that second season of Emily Loves as the talk show where you were the finale yeah. for that uh, in that live event, which is so oh amazing. Oh, my God. And that grazing platter, dude. <laughs> I didn't know that you'd done it. Like, I didn't know until but, I... No, that, that one was... um That one I hired someone to do oh, that, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was like... It felt like it was about 15 metres long. <laughs> I know. It's huge, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so then from there we I changed the format. I decided that, you know, um, we just started to get some sponsors interested and they were really happy with the talk show and then I kind of started pitching, hey, people love the talk show but what they really just want to see is me doing stories on TV so let's change it up and that's when I was like, do I have budget to create a reality show? Yeah. Um, and that's where we started it's to so do that. so addictive. Like yeah. even researching, I was like, I'll just watch an app to like get another feel for it and I was like, Four reps deep. Oh my god! And it's just and fun. Christian as well. And, and you know, I, I really wanted to make that. You know, it's not manufactured drama. So I wanted to have a reality show where we weren't hurting other people's feelings. No. Uh, we weren't fighting with other people. There was no drama as such. And people thought like I was crazy, and I get it because it, you know, in the, in the art, you know, you you study acting in the art of storytelling. You need to have you know the the problem, the solution, yeah. you know, all of those kind yeah. of things. But what I wanted was just thirty minutes of people to tune out and have fun and watch someone like chase their dreams and yeah. just have fun, and so they could walk away and feel like they could do something. And you included your community, like 100%. that DFO shopping. Yeah, you talk about shopping, and I was like. 
how did I not know it? I'm, I'm getting FOMO right now. Like, if, yes, it was a reality show, but it felt like a very inclusive reality show where if I was was walking down the street and saw you filming, I'd be so comfortable running up to you being like, sup. Exactly, exactly. And then the cooking, the community cooking episode yeah. was so great because we had people come in and try the recipes yeah. and, you know, it, that's the whole point. And that's why with the events, um, you know, I make it quite a point of, of making a ticketed event for my community uh, so they can come, they can enjoy a party, they can enjoy a press wall, they can do all those things that we kind of only ever see influencers or celebrities do. Mm. And, um, you you know, like I'll I'll invite maybe one or two influencers that are my mates and stuff, mm. but um, everyone is the same. So everyone gets a, you know, if you want to buy a ticket, you buy a ticket. It doesn't matter where you work or where your yeah. celebrity status is. Um, there's no VIP room. There's nothing like that. It's just everybody is included and you just get 300 men and women, mostly women, having the best time oh. and they're just like really, you know, beefing themselves up. Like, you know, they're in the toilets chatting, they make friends for life and that's, but they get to experience everything that they see on on socials but for themselves. I love it. And another thing that I love is your new book. Oh, yes. Dude, the best bit that I was like, I was actually looking at it with my dad because I'm half in Melbourne, half on the surf coast. And, and I was like, got her on the podcast, Dad. And he's like, really? Show me. And it was, we're going through all the recipes. And then I flip and I'm like, oh, my goodness, how to do the perfect brow. Oh, uh, yeah. Sold. <laughs> I love that. It's yeah. it's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I lo- and, like, I've worked with Pam Mack and that before and they're yeah. wonderful. And, like, it feels like when I read it, I, f- I feel like it's you. Yeah, yeah. They did a wonderful job in, in doing that. Yeah. So that's out now as well. Yep. Okay, talk to me about the Christmas special because that's going to be airing on the 13th of December. Yes, yes, it is. So, you know, it's it's basically Christmas my style. It's not, um, I don't think it's your stock standard Christmas show, as in, like, there's all the recipes and mm. stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not showing you a huge amount of like there's no gingerbread houses and things like that. It's a summer there Australian There is one behind Christmas. you as there's we record one behind this. Me. Yes, there is one behind me that I had to get because I can't make one like that. That is so beautiful. It That's is. from the set. It's a prop it? from the set. Oh. Isn't it stunning? And as I came in here, there's Christmas trees everywhere and I'm like, oh, that's the set. Yeah, yeah. So we've just... We've bumped out of the studio, so the yeah. house is filled. We're amongst props right now. Um, so, yeah, it, it really is about simple dishes that you can do, So you know, and, and really easy things. Yeah. You know, there's, oh, God, there is a glazed ham there, but I'd have to say most of the other things you would do any time all year round. Do you know I what I mean? I feel like your whole style is like simple hacks, like tips and tricks, exactly. how to make it good. Like even like little things like I watched your YouTube vid about how to make a good grazing platter Yes, like who doesn't want to learn that? And you're like just watch wash your straws and your berries in the sink but yep. in their container. Yeah, like, so they're separate. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like. Why didn't I think of that? Soak them in there. Yeah, I know. And just little things like that because people can do anything. Do you know what I mean? And and as much as, you know, God, I love social media Mm. so much, Um, I feel sometimes with the reels or the time lapses of makeup and styling, um, we lose the voice and we lose the the communication Mm. and stuff. And so I'm really big and you would be too. You're a presenter. You know, like I love being able to present things and talk things out with people because, we just it's just this flash of like reels and fast-paced time yeah. lapses and we don't actually get any real content or how-tos, you know. So I'll always um, want to be able to t- like show people the little things, you know, totally. it makes a big difference. The thing that I freaking love about you is you were like, okay, I got this dream. 
I'm going to make it happen because traditionally becoming a TV presenter would mean have your media training, which I know you've had. Uh, then it would be shopping for a manager, building a showreel mm-hmm. and crossing your fingers and toes that you somehow get the job. Mm. And even I know and I've been working in media for over 10 years now, 12 years Jobs are few and far between of being yeah. a TV presenter. I've shot 15 pilots. None of them have been greenlit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're just a segment girl, Lola. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I get that it's hard to kind of, like, crack that industry. So you were just like, nah, I'm going to be my own EP. Yeah, I'm going to make this happen. And your mantra was, I'm going to be a one-take wonder, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> because even for me, I shot a campaign a few days ago and I was like, nah, and took me three or four goes to get it. But but having having now worked a little bit, I understand that you do kind of need to to do three or four times because you get out the juicy stuff and the content. Yeah. But, you know, when I first started on stories, I, again, I was so naive to the media industry. I thought if I get a job and can we just <laughs> – I'll just I'll just be clear and say that I thought jobs for TV presenting were on seek.com. Oh. I used to go on there and type in TV presenter. Yeah, that's how naive I was. No, four but years I love ago. that. And Channel Nine TV presenter. Um, and I would I would just type things. Do in. you know how I got on morning TV? Cold call, really? Just called up back wow. in the day. That's amazing. See, that's, that's your amazing. style. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought if I presented on stories as these one takes, yeah. that when I finally did get an audition, which I would get through Seek, yeah. I'm so yeah. ridiculous, um, that I would be able to nail it and people would think, oh, great, well, we don't have to spend long filming her, budgets are tight. Yeah. That, that was my mentality. Um, but now having, you know, been presenting for a while, I realised, yes, you do want to have that really quick articulation. You want to have that confidence to walk down the street. That's the sort of stuff you do learn from being the one-take wonder. Yeah. But doing it three or four times, you do pull out some really juicy pieces that you didn't know you had in you. You know, it's like acting. you got to pull it out. And that's why I'm not too good at the acting because the repetitiveness of it is is, is a killer. Oh, acting is so hard. It's I, a I say it's as scary as skydiving to people, but when it, it clicks, it's like electricity running through your veins and I, can't, I cannot liken any other feeling to it. TV hosting and acting are very different fields. Mm. And I, I was talking to my therapist yesterday. I said, TV hosting is my purpose. Like, Mm. Like exactly I love your style of stuff. And I'm like, but acting feels like it fills up my heart in a different way. Wow. And so I was like, I'm going to do both. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, do whatever you want. (laughs) So, okay, one thing when you described about just then how you were like, okay, the reason I want to be one take wonder is I wanted to go in, kind of save time, save money so that it's a really – that's a producer's brain. That's Mm. a problem solver's brain. Yeah. And I think that's why – that you're so magical because you have the ability to EP yourself yep. and produce yourself and um, a lot of talent don't. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But yep. you are a package deal where you're like, nah, I, I got this. You and I were just talking about editing and stuff before. You've got this. My question for you is which fills your cup the most? Uh, I'd have to say um, just after a recent experience too, I love producing so much. Yeah. And you know what? I I think this year we had the break and and then we were coming back on. This is my first show on Channel 10 and I, I thought, oh, God, you know, maybe I do need to um, – you know, I, I'm not like the best producer, like maybe, but then I've realised, especially over this last week, hey, you know what? Your producing skills, your EP skills has gotten you to this point. You know, Channel 10 gave you the show, no one else. You know, the sponsors uh, said yes to you, yeah. nobody else. Yeah. And so I have really, you've caught me on the 
the back of a massive learning curve this week. And um, I'll never, never doubt myself um, again, you know, in, in, and it's a, it's a bold one to make right now, but it, that has been a massive learning curve for me this week. And I'd have to say EP, like producing and being the executive producer is definitely something that really fills my heart because it's that storytelling. And I also realise like I want to give more. I want to give more than what a lot of, um, you know, people in the traditional media want to give. And I feel that the audience deserves more and wants more. They don't want fluffy stuff. They want more. Um, and, and that's kind of my next goal now is to just keep going with that in my mind. Um, I still love traditional media so much and I'm still trying to figure out a way that I can blend social media and I know people say traditional media is kind of dead and blah, blah, blah. You know how they say that and yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. I turn on my TV every night. Yeah. Um, it's not. And, you know, and we love the glamour. We love a romance to it. It is. There yeah. is a romance to it and I'm still trying to find a way to blend those two together yeah. but um, I definitely know that I, you know, especially with Emmy Lou Loves the Reality TV, I've definitely pioneered. Um, a lot Can of you how please, to... Is more Amy Lou Loves coming back? Well, yeah, hopefully. Yes. Well, once once COVID's over and yeah. we can film safely, you know, we're lucky to have gotten the Amy Lou's Christmas um, table out. But with Amy Lou Loves, like we need community, we need events, and yeah. I, it wasn't safe to do that for the sake of a show, so yeah. we just had to wait. Oh, my goodness, I could ask you so much about this. Can I say one thing? This isn't a question. Yeah. 100% be, always be your own EP because I'm pretty positive Jamie Oliver is. Yeah. And my friend was working in radio and he was filming Jamie Oliver once. Yeah. And he was on set and he could hear a, a buzz or a phone like two or three metres, like out, literally out of the room and he said someone's phone's on. Like they were literally about to shoot, cameras rolling, and he's like, stop someone's phone's on and he was just producing himself yeah. to get the best content, save yep. time, be clear and and it, it sounds weird but like have your own back and I feel like you've got that in space. Yeah, yeah and I recently kind of like let that go and I and I realised, wow, no one, yeah, you've got to have your own back. You really do and you, and it's okay to um, and you really have to be aware of, um, you know, what's out there and why people, what, what intentions other people have. Like, I, you know, that's something that uh, I I guess, again, naive, you know, naive and inexperienced. And I think that's what stops a lot of people like you and I getting to that next level in TV land is, mm. you know, there can be that toxicity there, you know, with people not having your back or having their own back and really producing because of their own uh, yeah, their wants. own needs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and their own ego, whereas, you know, you're producing from a creative space. That's the difference. When you're producing from a talent perspective, you're, cre you're producing from a creative space. Yes. And when you're producing from, um, you know, like an influencer perspective, perspective you're producing because of what your community wants and needs yeah. as well again totally they're different hats aren't they yep oh my so there's so much stuff I want to ask about you so you've also got a wonderful fashion line yeah well a wonderful fashion line it's not a line it's pretty small at the moment Still. Um, we've got you know a couple of handful of aprons two jumpsuits I mean last the year hoodies. yeah the hoodies went crazy we last year we launched a full collection this year with COVID I wasn't comfortable in doing that um you know I wasn't you know that is such a new business for me yeah. and a new line and and fashion is a very hard world yeah. and very cutthroat um and I really I'm really trying to find Australian made yeah. for me that's a big thing and so I've really scaled back uh, I you know I do produce a couple of bits and pieces the community love it we love the aprons yeah. that's great uh, but yeah it has scaled right back and I feel like I can't move forward with that until we get 
just we just need a little bit more structure in place yeah. with it. And so, yeah, I've, it, it, but, it, you know, that's okay too, like to, totally. to, to pull back and go, nah, I'm not sort of happy with how perfect. this is going. Let's, let's chill out for a while. Let's bring out beautiful aprons and what we've got and then go from there. What I love is you've, you know, trained in beauty therapy. Oh, P.S. Black belt in uh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo. When I was 10. Yes. <laughs> Still pretty impressive. Um, so you've trained in beauty. You have done your fashion styling. Your passion is clearly definitely TV presenting. I would say being a storyteller and a creative, which is pretty much what an actor is. Obviously being a producer. Fashion, I just hit on. Makeup, I just hit on. What I love is you don't fit in a box. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're like, well, these are the things I love. I'm passionate about all of them. Yeah. I'm going to kind of like in yoga we call it follow your dharma. Yeah. Um, you're, and I feel like you're, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you navigate yourself depending on what feels good. Oh, exactly. And I think that's that's the reality of life though, you know. I mean, what I say on this podcast and how I feel about something today might be completely different to what I've said on a podcast three years ago. Mm. I mean, or two years ago or two years from now. You know why? Because we're growing. We're yeah. constantly evolving. And so, you know, the me as a beauty therapist at 18 years old is completely different to me telling you about your skin and skincare needs now as, mm. as a 41-year-old, you know. So, like, it that's the thing. You've got to constantly be navigating and moving and evolving. And I think the, the one thing that people kind of get caught up on is that you have to have this one structured thought process. You have to have this one ideal, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't call it like your values never really change, but you have to have all these kind of ideas that sit in a box and then you're not allowed to maneuver out of that. Mm. But you have to be allowed to. And I think that's, you know, that's the thing that I try to share with people. Hey, you're allowed to change your goal set. You're allowed to change your dream, your weight, your, you know, you're allowed mm. to do it, your hair color, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do, you know, and that that's the thing that people gravitate towards because, you know, you do as a presenter, as anyone, you know, you uh, are you a mum? You're a mum blogger. You're a fashion yeah. person. And it's like, fucking no way. I'm 41 years old with like a lifetime of experience and, you know, today I don't feel like, to- like today I'm not wearing any makeup or, or you know, yeah. or today I feel like being a glamazon. Ah. <sighs> It's totally up to you. Every day is different. Well, you look like a glamazon today, I can I say, as I was coming in. Emmy Lou was getting makeup done. I loved it. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm part of Emmy Lou Loves right now. <laughs> okay, so I want to know. So we know we've got Christmas series cut. This Christmas episode, sorry, coming out, and then what is. What is 2021 going to look like for you? Oh, I could be honest, I have no idea. You know, I'm yeah. really, uh, this year has obviously, uh, you know, I just haven't tried to fight against the year. Like I've done a few bits of pivoting, like I, you know, came out with the magazine during oh, ISO and yes, a few bits few and pieces like that, bits. you know. So, yeah, 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 you're in the mag. You're beautiful. <laughs> you look so gorgeous. So, um, you know, I, I've spent this year kind of chilling out uh, and, and I feel like, Going into next year, I I don't have any real solid goals set yet Mm -hmm. because I actually kind of need to see what this now looks like. There is a new landscape out there and I don't even know what the fuck is going on. And so I'm just kind of taking each project as it comes. Uh, And and then from there, that's what I'm like, I'll kind of put my feelers out. I'll be like, oh, this is where we're at now. This is what's happening. This is, you know, what we're in the middle of. And then that's where my creative brain starts to go, oh, let's do this or let's do this or let's take Emmy Lou Loves here or whatever. And there's a few things to catch up on. Like we had to cancel the New York trip. We had a massive shopping trip for my community going to New York. So it was 30 women that I was taking to New York. Um, Right now, we should be in New York right now, actually. So, you know, a couple of things like that that we have to kind of go, like, is this happening Mm. next year? And 
you is know. Is the plan to hopefully do that next year? I, I, I don't know because yeah. we just have to wait and see with, yeah. with how the world kind of ends up and where, where everyone kind of lands, I think. So I don't have any massive, massive goals. But one thing I think I really want to do is is just try to create a bit more balance. And it sounds so fucking wanky, but, you know, this year I've spent all, all seven months at home and, you know, there's part of me that's so thankful because I was headed towards burnout after yeah. last year being so busy. This week, uh, these last two weeks filming the show, you know, being on set every day, not seeing the kids. We're kind of back to where I was last yeah. year and I was like, oh, this ain't happening again. You know, like I've worked too hard. Uh, in my career I should be able to now find some sort of balance, whether that means it goes in cycles where we go, hey, kids, yeah. mum's busy for three weeks but then i got three weeks with you. Like whatever. Um, that is something that's very at the forefront of my mind. You might want to steal this tip. I learned it. I was in London filming with Jamie Oliver's camera crew yeah. and I was filming a series and I said, what's his what's so magical about him, like, and he's so prolific, like he creates so much content and shows mm. and the guy said, he goes, oh, well, he has two crews. And mm. I go, what? And he said he has 18-hour days mm-hmm. and at the eight-hour mark you do your eight-hour yep. thing and they reset, flip the crew, but Jamie stays. Yep. And so he'll film with two separate crews in one hit. Wow. How That's cool so is my that? style. I because knew. I would film all fucking day and night. Like I, Amy Lou's I'm eyes are lighting up. Yeah, now. I'm a workhorse. So yeah, me I too. would do that. But obviously you can't with, with crew and you've got to have all the catering and you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot that goes into just Yeah, well he film. flips, he has a whole different set and crew come in, he gets fed and then he's back on. Wow. How amazing That's is that? Awesome. At his goals, right? I there. I can't wait to see what comes for you next because I feel like you're a hundred percent going to, I can see you anchoring your own, <laughs> you know, commercial network show and I know you've oh, already thanks, done Lola. so much it's of really that. Lovely. But it, it was such a joy to kind of like research you and I really want you to watch a show called Morning Wars. Okay. Uh, with it's, it's about two TV anchors that are females. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. Reese oh, Witherspoon. Yes, yeah. yeah. I could see you and me doing that together actually. That would be quite fun. <laughs> It's two women running a morning show in New York. Wow. Oh, God, that's my dream is to work in New York. Me too. (laughs) Me too. I know we've both got a similar dream Mm. with that. Can you tell me a little bit about acting school? Uh, well, that's what I, it's a very loose term. I, <laughs> <laughs> Keep going there. <laughs> I know, Lola. I'm not. It's not even acting school. So basically, this is so Emmy Lou love style. Okay, so I during lockdown, I'm like, I need a hobby. Um, I started getting right into essential oils. I'm a massive yes, oil head. Okay, but that's that's a whole other discussion. And then acting was the other hobby that I picked yeah. up. And and I and we've been so busy that I haven't even been able to do my my videos that I'm meant to have done. So. Typical, I looked at all the different courses and I was like, oh, they just look like they take so long. Yeah, and, you know, long. NIDA have like this long course and then this. And I was like, no, no, I just want like an acting boot camp. So then I I spoke to um, a really, you know, well-known uh, casting director in the industry and works with, you know, like quite big Hollywood stars and things like that and he's Australian and I just said, would you mind if we just created an acting boot camp? I don't need anything off you, just yeah. acting boot camp. You just tell me what to do. I, I'll I'll upload it every week. You know, you can just um, give me advice like via video or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't want to take up any time. Yeah. But I just don't have a huge amount of time to invest in this, and I need something punchy. I yeah. can't go over and over. And so that's that. That is um, where I'm at. So that's yeah. why it's not acting school. It's a it's a self organized 
acting boot camp for Emmy Lou. <laughs> yeah, I love it though. And I think it, it just doing creative things, you'll find that it just trickles into your world. Like you might even be doing a salmon recipe or something and you're like, oh, shit, that's that thing I went back, feedback. Like even for me the other night I was putting an acting scene up mm. and um, I wasn't listening to my scene partner properly and, and my director said, just take a quick breath in as soon as he speaks. And I was like, okay. And so as he spoke and it, it, I took a breath in, it forces you to listen and be with your what? scene partner. And I was like... That's a cool hack. That is so cool. Isn't that handy? So if you were interviewing someone and you felt like you were worried about the cameras or which lens yeah. was on, breathe in as they start speaking. Wow, I'm doing that now. Sorry, I'm just breathing in. How cool. That's but do you, so want, cool. you see how yeah. the two go hand in hand? Oh, they so do. Yeah. And I, Yeah, but I want to see you. I want to see – I'm so – th- I've already DM'd you probably 15 times going, oh, my God, the Christmas the Christmas special. The Chris- I'm a I, Christmas nerd. Yeah. I cannot wait well, for it. Well, and, you know, it's not super Christmassy. That's Isn't what it I love about it. has got pav and stuff, did you say? No, you it's got no pav. It's okay. got no pav. And, and that's the thing. It's not super, super Christmassy. It's really about taking that complicated out of Christmas, yeah. you know, and, and keeping it really – because I feel like a lot of us, you know, we have all the Christmassy stuff up, but, you know, when it comes to the big day, we just want – to spend time with our family, especially after the year that we've had. And so I really wanted to show that. I didn't want to show complicated stuff. I didn't want to, you know, I showed really simple, beautiful craft, right, from Mm. like what I would do when I go to Spotlight and show this really amazing little craft. Um, But I didn't want to show a heap of them because Mm. I just feel like don't get weighed down in what you feel like you have to do. Just feed beautiful food Mm. in abundance, fresh food. All those strawberries. I saw the big. Oh, strawberries are amazing, amazing, amazing Victorian strawberries. And they got on and sponsored got involved in Yeah, they? yeah. They're so incredible. I've been working with them for years now. They're so amazing. And that's what I loved is, that, you know, it's it's all about Australian produce as well. So good. This has gone so fast. Okay. So, sorry. I can't, no. <laughs> I don't say so sorry. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, my final question for you is if you had a mantra or bumper sticker, what mm. would it be? Oh, I, I only have the one, which is um, living your dream is hard. Not living your dream is hard. Choose your heart. Oh, I love it. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> Emmy Lou, you are so wonderful. I'm going to put all the um, show notes and put links for everything that is you in there, yeah. the new book, um, the details for the Chrissy special. Uh, thank you so much. I know how busy you are. Oh, my so. God. No, thank you so much for interviewing me and thanks for everyone for requesting me. That's so lovely of you guys. Yeah. So nice. We're making it. We're making it. Do you know what? For, I'm here for, yes, the listener, but I'm also here because you inspire me. So oh. thank you so much for sharing today. No worries. Big love. Wowzers, Emmy Lou, what a human. All right, so remember to tune in to her Chrissy special on the 13th of December on Channel 10. And do you know what? I reckon her book would be a brill Chrissy Prezi too. I've put how you can get it in all the show notes, um, links to her Insta, her website, you name it. Speaking of Chrissy, do you know that we've got a Christmas special that comes out every Friday? They're just really short episodes where we talk about things from sustainable Prezi ideas to staying on the health wagon during the festive season. Uh, so that comes out every Friday. We still have our Monday ep, with, which is an interview for Fearlessly Failing. So I hope you can tune into both of them in the lead up to Chrissy, and you can always go back and listen to past ones as well and the best thing that you can do for us this Chrissy is subscribe the more people that subscribe the more love that we get and the more that we can grow this pod which is an absolute labor of love but we do want to see it you know really thrive and succeed so if you can subscribe and tell your mates too we'd be absolutely wrapped